Hi, this is Jamie with EBPL Footnotes. We have a special episode today because we're interviewing Lisa Holstein, who has been a member of staff at EBPL for how many years now? Nine years. Nine years, but has been a librarian for more than 30 years. Is that correct? Yes. And in multiple states. So she is a experienced and accomplished librarian. And she is the 2022 recipient of the Raven Award, which is award given out by the Mystery Writers of America. The Raven Award is given to people who have made significant contributions to the mystery genre other than the creative writing itself. And in Lisa's case, she is a reviewer. Let's get into that and we will learn all that Lisa has brought to the table so that she was well-deserving of this award. So starting off with this, here's some of just the highlights of her achievements. She has a long-running blog, Lisa's Book Critiques, and Lisa is spelled L-E-S-A, so if you're looking that up online, that spelling will get it you almost certainly right to it. She's a mystery columnist in the Library Journal Mystery Reader's Journal. She's been, as I said, a library manager and administrator in four states for more than 30 years. She's a member of the Sisters of Crime, a winner of the Spine Tingler Awards for the Best Reviewer in both 2009 and 2010, and a blogger for the Poisoned Pen Bookstore. All that and working full time. So you are a very busy, busy lady. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. Yes. So tell me some of your favorite highlights from that list I just wrote. I think that naturally winning the Raven Award. The Raven Award has only ever been given to one librarian in the past, and that was the head of the New York Public Library when he retired. Other than that, though, it has been given to people such as Angela Lansbury and Alfred Hitchcock. Franklin Roosevelt received it posthumously as Reader of the Year. Eleanor Roosevelt received the award in his honor. And The Muppet Show. The Muppet Show. I remember that. I remember (laughs) you telling me that The Muppet Show received the Raven Award one year. (laughs) They did a some sort of murder mystery, evidently, on The Muppet Show. Most of the time, the award has been given to booksellers, but it was just yesterday, as a matter of fact, that someone said to me, this is a historic award. It's only ever been given to one librarian before. Wow. wow. So you uh, are in rarefied <laughs> atmosphere here. I remembered uh, some of those names looking at the past award winners, and that's that's a pretty special crowd to be a part of. I think that's really amazing and well-deserved. Let's, uh, Thank let's you. talk about a little about your blog. Now, I recall that you told me your blog has run for 16 years. Is that correct? 16, 17 years, right in that area. And I started it just to get the opportunity to talk about what I'd read and thought at the time, well, I don't care if only my family reads it, but it's been going now for 17 years. We have a number of people who comment on it. I have done author interviews, uh, do book giveaways on the blog, but most of the time I review books with an emphasis on mysteries. Mm-hmm. So can you name some of the authors that you've been able to interview? I just interviewed an award-winning author named Ellen Byron, who is just starting a new series. The first one is called Bayou Book Thief. But I have interviewed Louise Penny, Beth Hoffman, 
a number of award-winning and best-selling authors over the course of the years, but usually because of the fact that I catch them when they're new, when they've only written one or two books before they're well-known. Well, that's, I think, an amazing instinct to be able to find those authors that you know will go somewhere before other people really realize the uh, quality of their work. And so I think that's really amazing. And Louise Penny, I'm sorry, but I'm fangirling a little here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because there's so many books that I want to read. And I, like you, really enjoy mysteries. And I finally, finally started the beginning of her series and loved it. Absolutely loved it. I love reading Agatha Christie. And I feel there's some similar vibes to the way her mysteries are set in village life and the interactions and the personalities. And so, I mean... Now that Agatha Christie has left us, I have another author that I can look forward to all her. And I'm at the beginning of the series. So <laughs> I have a lot of books to go to. All right. So you talked about on your blog, you have people that are just devoted followers. They begin their day with a cup of tea or coffee and Lisa's blog. Is that right? Yes. I used to occasionally skip a day if I didn't have anything to write about. But now I even do something and just say, I don't have anything to write about today, or I'm out of town, because I had people worry about me. Wow. They said, we always start our day with a cup of coffee and reading your blog, and just wanted to make sure everything was okay. So knowing there are people in Arizona and Ohio and all over the place who say that they start the day, I think, well, I do have to let them know at least that everything's okay. <laughs> We're all good. <laughs> We're just traveling. <laughs> yes, right. Exactly. <laughs> well, so you post daily. Yes. Wow. That, yes. That's a, a big deal because most, other than news sources, most bloggers maybe blog a couple times a week, apparently. But you have such a devoted following, you don't get away with that. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> Fortunately, I also have a couple people who will send me a review now and then, two people in particular, and I will add that when I am traveling, so it isn't quite so big a job to have to uh, fill in when I'm not available. So. Oh, good, good, good. You and I have talked before, when you're not reading mysteries and reviewing, you do enjoy travel. Your favorite go-to thing is the theater. Yes. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yes, live theater. Because I've been to New York three times in the last couple months, I've had the chance to go to a number of Broadway shows. So I've waited two years to see Hugh Jackman in The Music oh, Man. Oh, wow. Because I had my tickets just before COVID hit. Yes, <laughs> so, yes. So I waited two years to see that show. But went to some of the other ones. Saw Billy Crystal in Mr. Saturday Night. And he took questions from the audience afterwards. Wow. Did you get to ask one? No, he only took three, but he spent about a half an hour answering those questions. Oh. He wanted to take questions about the show itself. Oh, okay. Um, and he was the only one on the stage when he came out and said to the audience, you know, sit down. And if you have any questions about the show, you know, feel free to ask them. And saw Funny Girl and Six, which is about the Six Wives of Henry VIII. Oh. So had had the chance to see a number of different shows while I was in New York. That's a lot of fun. Yes. That's a lot of fun. And I'm glad that things are 
so that we can do things like that again. Yes. And New York's still being careful. Sure. They still have the mask mandate okay. um, for all theaters. Okay. I don't think they have anything. Well, they do in taxi cabs, buses, transportation. The mask is required, but the theaters are still requiring it at least through the end of uh, June. Okay. And then they may make it longer. Okay. All right. Well, you know, cautions are in order sometimes. Mm-hmm. So when you received the Raven Award, I was able to watch a a clip of you receiving that award. And there was a story that you mentioned in passing that I would love to have you expound upon. And that was how your mother would get criticized for letting you get up at 4 a.m. to read as a child. Yes, I had an aunt in particular who thought it was just terrible that mom let me get up so early to read. But I shared a room with one of my sisters. And if I had to stay in bed, I'd wake her up so I had somebody to talk with. (laughs) So (laughs) mom said it wasn't causing any problems if I got up and and read. Um, So I used to get up and read for a couple hours before it was time to get ready for school. And then my sister got the sleep she needed because I wasn't bothering her. (laughs) (laughs) So a (laughs) win-win. Yes. (laughs) What kind of things were you reading as a child? I read a little bit of everything. There were terrific biographies for young people in our library, but I read mysteries even then. I was wondering how early your love of mystery um, began. (laughs) Phyllis Whitney wrote not only gothics for adults, but she wrote mysteries for children. Oh. And those mysteries took place all over the world. Wow. Uh, so it introduced young people to other cultures and, and to mysteries. Na- of course, Nancy Drew. Yes. Uh, you know, I, I think every girl that ever grew up to like mysteries probably started with Nancy Drew books. And I was handed uh, several of the Trixie Belden series. Yes. And I would read those growing up. Yes. And another series that I read as a child were the Happy Hollisters. Mm -hmm. It featured five children and they solved mysteries. My family would camp when I was a child. And one trip we were going for a month and we were told we could take 15 books each. So my sister and I each took 15 that the other person would like to read, and that included a lot of the Happy Hollister books. So you expanded your choice (laughs) of reading by coordinating. Smart. Yes. (laughs) We couldn't imagine being gone for a month and only having 15 books. You would have had to read so slowly to make that last. But when I'm in a good mystery, if you're like me, I I start reading faster and faster and faster. And I sometimes have to force myself to slow down to catch what's going on. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So you came from a family that was very focused on both reading and writing. I believe you came from a journalistic family. Yes, my grandfather on my mother's side, her father, had a degree in journalism from Ohio State University. Mm -hmm. And he wrote the news it was an editor, I should say, for a local newspaper. And then her oldest brother wrote the news for an affiliate in Cleveland for most of his career. I've had a couple cousins who wrote at one time or another for newspapers as well. So yes, journalism more than anything. So you feel that growing up in a family that valued that area of expertise influenced your reading life? I think so, but 
as much as anything because they appreciated reading and writing. Mm -hmm. My grandmother was a big reader. She only went through eighth grade, but although my grandfather was an editor, he depended on her to check his articles Mm -hmm. um, because she was such an avid reader as well. Mm -hmm. So reading was always valued in, in the family. It just was part of the atmosphere, it sounds like. It was. My parents read, and my mother helped all of us, you know, in learning to read. And my youngest sister learned to read before she was in kindergarten. Oh, wow. So it was just something that was valued. Now, getting back to your wheelhouse of a mystery reader and reviewer, within the mystery genre, there's a wide spectrum. Everything from the cozy mysteries to edgier, darker stuff. Where do you fall as far as your go-to taste in that? I'll read a little bit of anything because of the fact that I do review for Library Journal, for right. one thing. Right. My preferences usually lie with police procedurals, private detective books, but I read cozies. I review cozies and... I've reviewed some of the harder things, such as S.A. Cosby's Razorblade Tears, mm. which is dark. Okay. And, and even some of those police procedurals with authors such as Anne Cleves from England can be quite dark. Mm-hmm. So I, I will read anything on that scale or at least try it. Okay. What about outside the mystery genre? What else do you like to read? This sounds odd, but I prefer books about bookstores more than I do books about libraries. (laughs) I will read a lot of different novels set in bookstores, Mm -hmm. and I think it probably goes back to the love of an old classic nonfiction, 84 Charing Cross Road, which was made into a movie, too. I love that book. (laughs) I am so glad you mentioned that. I stumbled across that as a movie and absolutely loved it. And it was actually much later that I stumbled across the book and realized it was a true story. I wasn't even aware of that when I fell in love with Mm -hmm. the movie. And love it so much. Yes. Again, I'll read memoirs. I'll read some that are called women's fiction little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. I don't cook, but I'll read cookbooks for the stories and the anecdotes in some of them. The memoir style cookbooks. Yes, right. Exactly. I love those. Yes. Some fantasy, some urban fantasy, a little bit of anything. Very eclectic reader. Yes. I think that just shows being a well-rounded reader. So I I can respect that. I'm kind of the same way. I have my go-to genres, but then I'll read almost anything that's not nailed down. So Mm -hmm. yes. So when you're reviewing your books, what do you look for in a book that's going to get your highest ratings? I start with character. If I can't like one of the characters in the book, I don't want to finish it. I may have to finish it for a review, but I look first for a character. Mm -hmm. However, the best mystery authors bring it all together, such as... Someone like Louise Penny, Mm -hmm. someone like Craig Johnson, who have characters that you can like, a extraordinary setting, and the writing. There, there will be a turn of phrase 
in one of Louise's books or one of Craig's books that sometimes just stops you because it's such an unusual mm. turn of phrase. I'm not one who usually looks at the writing. I'm usually looking for the the character and the plot, but I can certainly appreciate the excellent turn of phrase. And those are the books that really do stand out for me. William Kent Kruger is another one. When it stops you, but doesn't throw you out of the book, but yes. you just are in yes. awe of what you have just read, Yes, then it's an extraordinary book. Yeah. I, I've definitely experienced that myself. I, I'll be reading a book, and a certain sentence or phrase will just make me pause. Yes. And just kind of look at the wording of that phrase and all that it brings out or implies. But it doesn't, like you say, interrupt the story. It just makes you go, whoa, just for a second. Yes. <laughs> With mm-hmm. that, and then continue on. And my my challenge has been, I do enjoy good writing, but sometimes I will be to- so taken by a plot and a character. I'll con- I will finish a book I'm not enjoying the writing of because I still got to find out how it ends. <laughs> well, you know, and when people talk afterwards about Armand Gamache, Right. You know, or from Louise Penny's books. Right. Or Longmire from Craig Johnson's. Mm-hmm. It's because those authors have brought the character to life. Um, we were talking earlier about Agatha Christie. Right. And it's the same thing. People remember Hercule Perot or Miss Marple. And when they're characters that are memorable to people, that, that's why I, I really read first of all for character. Agree. I I think that sometimes you almost forget these are fictional people because they feel so in the real world. And I I agree with that. I can definitely see why character-driven writing is your jam. (laughs) So the Raven Award recognizes outstanding achievement in the mystery field outside the realm of writing. I'm sure you've been asked this before, but have you yourself ever considered writing a book? No. (laughs) No. (laughs) Very emphatic. Tell me more. Authors have asked me that as well, and I always say to them that authors need readers too. Yeah. And I think of myself as a reader. I don't think I have the creative gene in order to create those characters that might be memorable or to even create the conversations Mm -hmm. that go on in books. But I certainly can appreciate them. And as I said, the authors all need readers. Agree. And I am happy to be one of the readers because I read some books and go, how did they even come up with this? And yet I'm stunned by the creativity with which they bring those stories forth. So kind of jumping off of that, who have been your favorite authors from the past? Well, it's kind of interesting to say Phyllis Whitney was one because I don't know that her characters actually were as memorable as her settings and her plots. But Phyllis Whitney really did introduce me to adult mysteries and to gothic Mm -hmm. romances. Mm -hmm. There was an essayist, Patricia Leimbach, and her book, A Thread of Blue Denim, is actually my all-time favorite book. It's a collection of essays, but she was a teacher and a farm wife from an area close to where I grew up Mm -hmm. in northern Ohio. And her essays take me home. That book, A Thread of Blue Denim, is just my all-time favorite book. Um, my sister even had earrings made for me from uh, the book covers. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> 
So we talked earlier about eclectic reading. So, you know, I have to say there were a book of essays, a children's book called uh, Snow Treasure, still in print. The whether or not it was based on a true story is now a little bit in doubt. Oh, really? But when I read it as a child, it was, this is based on a true story. And three generations of my family have read it. It's about Norwegian children who smuggled gold out of Norway on their sleds in World War II under the noses of the Nazis. Now that Um, sounds fascinating. And and my mother read it when she was a child, and I read it, and my sister's children have all read that book. It's still a favorite. So there are some children's books that, you know, stayed with me. But again, that still has that mystery and adventure angle to it. Mm -hmm. There there are, are just so many different books over the years that stand out. Uh-huh. What about more recent favorites? Do you have some new favorite authors? Well, and I, I don't necessarily mean brand new authors, just right. more recent discoveries for yourself. As I said, Louise Penny, Craig Johnson, Jeffrey Seiger, who may not be as well known as the others. He writes a series featuring a police officer and his team, and their books are all set in Greece. And exotic location. Uh, and he sets them on different islands in Greece, so readers get to know the different islands. But again, it's also getting to know the characters. Mm-hmm. Andreas Caldas and his team continue through the different books. And for police procedurals, or for books I read for character, Part of that is the familiarity mm-hmm. of characters. I, th- I think I'm like a lot of other readers that I like to follow those characters that I get to know yeah. in the course of a series. Yeah, that, that is definitely the draw of a series is these become old friends that you're reading about and you're following their adventures and antics and, and flaws and overcomings and all of those sorts of things. So is there an author that comes to mind that you wish more people knew about because you've enjoyed their work so well? There are a few. There's one author whose first book, Saving C.C. Honeycutt, was a New York Times bestseller. I did one of the very first reviews of Beth Hoffman's debut, and then the book was picked up by Costco, and it became a bestseller all over the country. She appeared here at EVPL for us at one time, but Beth only wrote two books, so... I'm sorry that she isn't better known and that she hasn't written any more books. There are some others. Connie Berry has written four books featuring an American antiques dealer. The first book is set in Scotland and the more recent ones are set in England, but she's the character is originally uh, an antiques dealer in Northern Ohio. Anne Cleves is a well-known British author. And her Vera Stanhope series became the series Vera, which is on BBC and and other networks. She's probably much better known in England and in the mystery community itself than she may be in the United States in general. S.A. Cosby is getting a 
well-deserved reputation in this country. So some of them are newer. Some have been around for a while, Mm -hmm. like Ann Cleves, Mm -hmm. but just may not be Mm well-known. And then there are the ones like Beth Huffman that only wrote two books and then pretty much disappeared from Uh the the market. So just a side trail from reading, when you watch TV, do you watch Mysteries too, or do you go into other (laughs) tastes? I don't watch a lot of television. I do occasionally pick up a a mystery on TV. It just, usually it takes away from my reading time. Right. Uh, <laughs> Choices um, must be made. <laughs> so so I watch Duke basketball, Ohio State football, and cooking shows when I'm eating dinner at night. Other than that, <laughs> not too much network television. I understand. I understand. <laughs> well, thank you, Lisa, for coming in today, and congratulations on your Raven Award. You have brought so much to the table, both as a librarian and in this genre, that definitely well-deserved reward. Thank you, Jamie.